0: Welcome to the Chantel Hyde Canada's Dating Coach Podcast, where you'll learn to love and be loved. Come understand how powerful you are and share in our common experiences so that we can all grow together. Like Chantel loves to say, let's do this.
1: Hey, how are you beautiful. I'm like you know where I
0: am. <laughs> I know where you are. You're in the birdcage. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm in the bird cage. So I'm I'm like really hopeful right now. Motorbikes don't go by or anything like that. So if it happens, I'm sorry.
0: That's okay. So welcome. By the way, for those of you who are new listening in, this is my friend Melissa. We hang out together, we love to dance, this is what brought us together, the love of music, wonderful people, good times, good food, good love. Uh, Mm -hmm. I love having you in my life. I met you in Costa Rica. You've been a wonderful addition. Like you've come into the fold of my inner circle and I absolutely adore you. And not only do we have a meeting of the souls, we have a meeting of the minds because you and I are in a similar field, which is mental health.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Did you like the little... um, uh was it the comedian today that I sent you as well, like about the therapist and the stripper and that whole thing. I, I love it. So yeah, we are very much in the same field. It's amazing, right? Like I'm a psychotherapist, you're a dating coach, but then you also have this other background that's so relevant by the way, to everything that you do in dealing with people. So. yeah.
0: Cool. So the video she's talking about was this, this girl who's like, you know, I realized that I really like my therapist and I like her because I feel like she cares for me. And I kind of wonder, like I sort of realized, is this like another version of somebody going to the strip club because they feel like the stripper that they're seeing cares for them? Like, am I paying $130 a week just to feel cared for? Like, that was really smart. I should make it rain right now.
1: Yeah. And you know what, though, I I actually do really care about my clients. I do. Yeah. You know, Um, I think that's like one of the hardest things about my job is like, having the, the right boundaries, right? Because I really, really want people to do well. And I have to always keep in mind as you would too, right? Like it is a coaching relationship or a therapeutic relationship, right? So I actually find that I care about them all and I have to actually like reel myself back. Right. And stay reflective because you're attached. You, you
0: you get attached to their journey. You get attached to their outcome. Um, I'm really good at uh, just sort of being present with them in the moment, but then sort of releasing Um, afterwards, I, I don't, I don't carry their pain, but the beauty I find in my work, and I'm sure you've seen this too, is being able to witness evolution.
1: Yes. Yes. And, you know, that's, uh, I love that you even just brought that up right now, because that's something, uh, that we talk about. Right. And I was thinking about that, you know, you'll say to me, do you believe that people can change, right? That we can change. And uh, I mean, of course I do. (laughs) <laughs> right uh, i i think that's the most beautiful thing about being a human is that we get to change and we get to grow and i know we were talking about like the dna right like we have the dna that we can turn on or off mm-hmm. and it's the same with our brains right like we can make new neural pathways in our brains we just have to train ourselves to do it right so i i love the journey of watching someone do that and, and it's like an honor right mm-hmm. to the- Be there with people while they do that and sometimes you get to see these moments where you're like like you feel it right because they had this it's like this awakening or this awe that they were in that they this relationship with themselves that they were building right and it comes together and they go wow i i felt love for myself like that's like such a big like it's so amazing right and You know, if we didn't get those things when we were younger, if we weren't, if we weren't made to feel good about ourselves or if the people who were supposed to love us or take care of us, didn't make us feel safe and protected, it can be really hard to make yourself feel safe and protected and, and trust yourself and love yourself. Right. So like my practice, I'm always, I'm always working from that angle that I want people to be falling more in love with themselves.
0: Uh Mm-hmm. And like that. at the end of every session I always ask how are you feeling and I got chills yesterday because my client said I feel in control yeah
1: yeah right? I love that. yeah and so see how you got the chills right like that makes me think of um I had so I was thinking of the self-love thing because it's such a big thing and I had a client say you know this week I had to pull my car over because I felt this like rush of like it was self-love and then she goes but at the same time I felt this tremendous amount of grief and I go yeah it makes sense right because she goes this is the first time I've ever felt that love towards myself so the moment I felt the love I also recognized that I've been punishing myself for 47 years right so it's like that's the thing that's the journey right it's like you get you get like a little bit you get both there's always like a healthy grief right like every time you take a step forward cuz you realize like maybe what you didn't have so there's like a healthy grieving process as you heal as well it's
0: it's a release right i want to get to our topic really soon but oh man you and i we start talking we just go off I know. But it's, here's, here's kind of my analogy for this. Cause I, I, I'm all about like analogies, right? So I got my glass of water right here and yeah. it's like negative emotions that we store all these little things that happen in our lives that hurt us. And those tears that we don't cry in that moment, because I, I can't do that right now. I'm at work. I'm in front of somebody. I don't want to show that pain to, you know, my mom is like, I don't want to show you my fucking tears. Right. Like, right. And so you swallow the tears, you swallow mm-hmm. the tears. And this is your body and it fills with all those tears and the air between the water and the top is the space for goodness. And when you have those moments where you let go of the pain and you cry it out, and even those happy cries, you're releasing that pain with the happy cry making more room for goodness. And so I just, that grieving process is so important, that release of emotions and especially the tears because it's a detox
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and you know a lot of people suppress a lot of emotions
0: absolutely
1: you know and we can link that to what we learned as children too like in our homes you know was sadness something that was expressed was there space for sadness or anger that's another really big one right like anger and you know when you think about those two emotions how they show up in your life as an adult I always ask people like what did you learn about them when you were a kid and a lot of people learned it was not safe to be vulnerable.
0: Yeah so the the torture the trauma the pain that we go through as children often leads into us choosing wrong relationships and that's Mm -hmm. what I talk about today. I sent you a TikTok. I'm not going to yeah. play TikTok because I don't know if I'm going to be able to. with someone else's material, right? So I'm not necessarily going to play it on my platform, but I sent it to you because we've been dying to do another podcast episode and I've been waiting for like sort of the right inspiration for it because it has to click for me. Yeah. And I saw this TikTok and I was like, oh, me and Melissa, we have to talk about this and we have to break it down, And I said to you, I sent it to you and I'm like, listen, let's do this. Let's go through this and like make notes about what we're seeing in here and talk about what is sort of triggering our own thoughts about what she's saying. And so I want to kind of hand it over to you to start, because I was like, did you make
1: your notes? You're like, yes, I did. I did. Yeah. So, you know, so when I watched it, I thought, okay, so she was discussing you know these traits that a person can have almost like a formula right to find someone who you can be in this long-term relationship with so they were conscientiousness right neuroticism the level of neuroticism and then the other one was um adventurousness right level of and emotionally stable. So,
0: conscientiousness, motivated, emotionally stable, low neuroticism, which is emotionally stable, and moderately adventurous.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So actually, so when I watched it, I thought, okay, she was referencing a certain, I guess it was like a, a talk she went to or something like that, right? From, I guess he's a psychologist or someone with a PhD anyways. So he had, he's written some books. So I kind of went and looked into that a bit. And then I thought, you know, what are our big five personality factors, right? Mm-hmm. And it's conscientiousness, neuroticism, uh, extroversion, agreeableness, and openness, yeah. So what I kind of felt like they did there was they kept the first two conscientiousness and neuroticism, right, and mm-hmm. then they took uh, extroversion, agreeableness, and openness, and kind of combined that into like level of adventureness. Does that make sense? That's kind of what I thought they were doing there.
0: It does, and I would say like agreeable, sort of, you know, agreeable, like appropriately agreeable, and and I say that because I saw like a Jordan Peterson. You know, somebody did a TikTok with the Jordan Peterson talking and he said, you know, like you want agreeable, but you you want appropriately agreeable. Like if I'm in, in a crowd with my husband and somebody's coming at me and being like mean and disrespectful, I wouldn't want my husband to be disagreeable to that person. So agreeable, but appropriately agreeable.
1: Yeah, because if you're too agreeable as well, that means you are a people pleaser. You're in a fond response, right? Yeah. You agree with everything, right? So you're actually, it, it, it's not about you anymore if you're really high in agreeableness, right? And we know that women are more agreeable. We have a higher, than, than men, right? Yeah. We tend to be more agreeable than men in general, right? And I've done I've done the big five. I've done the personality thing a couple of times, right? But like agreeableness really reflects the degree in which a, a person needs like pleasant and harmi- har- har- harmonious relationships with each other, right? And we want that. Um And it's characterized by trust and straightforwardness and cooperating and, and all of these things, right? But if we're too high in trust. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, let's yeah. just let's kind of a, a point, too high in trust. Like, so yeah. it was tied to Shiro, which was the talk that she went to, wrote those yeah. books. And he was saying that, of married people are happy, and the reason why we have such a low percentage of happy couples is because most people are getting married based on love endorphins. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Oh, is that about the no kissing for three months dating rule? Like, is that people who are kissing to see where it goes, developing emotions before they know who someone is, and then finding out what the issues are, but then saying, but I love you, so we need to work on this. I talk about the two levels of brainwashing, which is we need to kiss to find out who someone is. And then Mm -hmm. we're told fighting is normal, fighting is healthy. Fighting and, and arguing is what you're doing when you're trying to change somebody,
1: Mm-hmm. you know and it it's interesting when you talk about the no kissing for three months dating role right because somebody who is extremely high in agreeableness and high interest is not going to listen to a role like that right, right? because they're going to go along with whatever like the, if a woman's very high okay well whatever the man wants Right. And it's interesting, agreeableness as well, when you look at it like in correlation with like kind of like, you know, like your sex life, right, and sexual communication, agreeableness actually is negatively associated with expressing preferences during sex and expressing sexual need and desires, right, because if you're in that kind of, if you're in the act of being together and doing this, right, you just, again, if you're very hiring girls, you're just going to do whatever they want all the time. So, we want to find like a balance there, right? Because you want to be able to communicate what your sexual wants and needs are as well and feel like you have power in that,
0: yeah. right?
1: It kind of made me think about
0: something here because I get a lot of people who say, uh, What? No kissing for three months. What if I get to the end of three months and they're a terrible kisser or they're bad in bed? And, you know, like I kind of, I, I kind of think to myself, don't you think communication is part of sexuality? O- all of our bodies aren't the same. I mean, Melissa, I'm sure you, you like to have some things done that I would have it done differently. Right. And mm. you might like a bit harder. I might like a bit softer. Whereas this part, I might like it at this, you know, harder. You might like it a bit softer. So it depends. And who, And so somebody who's going from you to me is going to take what they did on you and try it on me to see you know, what does she like here? How is this supposed to go? And I'm supposed to let them know what my differences are, how I like it. If you like a lot of tongue and I don't, I gotta let them know. And so people who are saying, oh, if I get to the end of three months and they're a terrible kisser, I'm like, but wait a second, don't you know communication is part of sexuality? And now I'm kind of wondering, are you just too agreeable? and you just never communicate what you like period
1: yeah and you know as you were speaking I kind of had this little sad feeling come up in me because I thought about like these statistics around you know when you ask women have you ever had an orgasm do you actually enjoy the sex you're having um is sex painful for you you know, like most, like I think it's like 90 some percent of women will say that they've had experienced like painful sex and never said anything about it.
0: Mm.
1: Well, I'm at I mean, some point I'm in their I'm life, they're just like, Oh.
0: I'm up there. I you know, I I will take it for the yeah. t- uh because look, I hit menopause at mm-hmm so bet your ass I had painful sex because I didn't know I was even in menopause I thought I was stressed out and too tense and it turns out I was just like drying up I was drying up and I was uh you know my my soft tissue was disintegrating and it's not still to this day it's not always pleasurable for me the way it's happening but for me and I don't have trouble communicating, to be honest, right? Like, I listen, I I taught my husband what the hardware needs. Some things he was really good at, but I taught him how to kiss me. And I taught him what I needed down there when it comes to fingers and tongue. But I sometimes just, you know what, I'm just having the sex. And it's, I like the effect. I like the effect of closeness. I like the effect of knowing that this is something that I do with this man. And it's, it's the way that I treat him unlike anybody else. I'm not even usually in the mood for sex because my libido since going into menopause has dipped considerably. But I like the effect that that right. I don't know, just the mental it's more mental than physical for me if that makes any sense to you does.
1: yeah when I said painful sex I was saying more like um, men who are having sex with men that is very rough and they don't like it and they don't say anything about it and they just let it happen again and again and again because they're very agreeable to it yeah right? so they're actually not enjoying it yeah. right they're just it's just happening right so and and again this comes back into that conditioning and that brainwashing right like that this is what I'm here to do for a man is to give him my body or whatever it is right so I mean I think we both know (laughs) that when you communicate about these things it can get a lot spicier a lot better a lot more exciting right like you gotta talk I mean I'm a talker so you know (laughs) yes but like uh I'm probably I'm probably like a dirty talker, so <laughs> you I gotta touch, right? Oh, I do that too <laughs> yeah yeah so I I, I like it <laughs> like I, I like talking right so yeah so the agreeableness you gotta you gotta be able to balance it right it's not just all about somebody else it's about you too and it's like coming together and figuring out like how those needs you know we're going to, how we're going to find a nice balance here between what it is that we need. And, you know, maybe, yeah, sometimes we do some stuff that we don't love the most, but we do it because we love the
0: person. <laughs> you and know, we're like, looking at this super high divorce right now. And I have, I have, I have people like, seriously, the selfish short-term thinkers who come on my live stream, they just, they just keep throwing darts at the dartboard, trying to hit something that'll stick against my logic. Right. And, and they literally can't. Um, but one of the ones that have come up recently is show me studies that say no kissing for three months works. And my answer to that, first of all, is did you ask for a study when you were moving in for a kiss or if she moved in for a kiss on the first, second, third, fourth date, if she was willing to have sex with you right away, did you just say, whoa, wait a second, I don't think we can have sex yet because I need a study. I need a study to show me that kissing you is going to work out in the long term. And I And then I say to him, I say to him, we've been doing the kiss to see where it goes for decades. The study has been done. It doesn't work. Look at the divorce rate.
1: Mm -hmm. And like, let's talk about building some anticipation too, right? Like, ooh, like I think I, I love that. Like, you know, making it wait, make them wait for it a bit, right? Talk about it that's a good thing to do. Talk about it. Think about it. Fantasize about it. Mm, Right. I think that's all very exciting. It's Let it marinate in there for a bit in your mind. (laughs) Having done that
0: journey, it is absolutely amazing. It is amazing. So one of the things that kind of sort of popped out at me a little bit, and I wanted to get your take on this, is she talked about change. Like he he asked her, like, do you think people can change their adventurousness? And she says, yes. Like, you know, I, because he, he's like, I'm low in adventurousness, but I like to surround myself with people who are high in adventurousness because it pulls me out into situations that I wouldn't myself design. And so he's like, you know, do you think people can change adventurousness? And she's like, yeah, sure, absolutely they can. And it kind of made me think about you know, I wrote this big long list and it's, it's nothing but pure human decency, right? It's a long list, but it makes complete sense. And you wouldn't cross a single thing off of it. Honesty, trustworthiness, responsibility, uh, you know, work ethic, all of them. Yeah. And I had a guy come on my live stream the other day and he's like, you know, found like just four things on that list. Like, wouldn't you consider me? I'm like, absolutely not. Absolutely not, because I'm looking for somebody who meets me where I am. And then we have this thing out there about potential. We shouldn't be choosing somebody based on potential, because that's where you can trip yourself up. So what do you think? Do you think when we are out there looking for our long-term partner... Should we choose somebody who seems to have the potential to be like uh, uh, almost there? Maybe they can make it seem to have the potential. They're saying they want to be that person. They're saying they want to be that person. Or should we choose the one who is?
1: Well, it's an interesting question, right? Because it's subjective. (laughs) So are we talking about the potential that I think that they have? Or is it actually the potential that they think that they have? what do you think they have yeah so i mean i think that you have to have a conversation about that with them and their ability to grow right because the issue is here we do change right so if i met someone and they said i am it i am here this is it this is like you know i would i that i wouldn't really like that so i want potential right I want more potential more I think I have more potential but I haven't tapped into it yet right so like I want someone who sees their own potential to grow and wants to grow right so when you think about this thing around like adventurousness well yeah your level of adventurousness can change right like you always have your innate qualities about you right like some people are more nervous uh, like our temperament right but when you think about something like adventurousness So I do exposure therapy with people, right? So, you know, you feel the fear, you do it anyways. You feel the fear, you do it anyways. So these are like safe risks that, you know, we take, right? And we could be, it could be, oh, I was really nervous to come on this podcast tonight, but like I'm exposing myself to it and, you know, now the next time I do it, it won't feel as scary, right? So you jump out of a plane once, the next time you jump out of a plane, it's not going to be as scary, because we also like, just like with a like any substance, those hits that we're getting of adrenaline, right? Like adrenaline junkies, mm-hmm. right? We need more after that, right? Like that's why you know I'm in BC and I'm riding up at, at a like chairlift and I see these mountain bikers, you know, without the bar down, hanging over the side, and right because they they're used to it, right? Because they expose themselves to it. So if you wanted to change your level of adventurousness you could right and it was interesting that he said like I like somebody to you know pull me kind of out there like moderate right like moderate but the thing that I thought about that too is maybe I don't always want to be the one pulling you out mm, right but, you know like I, I, I would like a balance there as well right like I'd like somebody who pushes me when I need a push and I can push them when they need a push right but I don't think I would always want it to be like I'm more adventurous, I have more adventurous than you and I'm always like bringing you out to do these things like and I'm helping you like develop and experience things right so I think like you have to have a nice balance there when it comes to like a lot of those traits that they talk about in the video right neuroticism though I mean you know uh that can be a tough one (laughs) yeah no to neuroticism for me okay so you know I did actually bring this I have a red flag I have a red flag here I do have a red flag in my hand so I will say that that red flag you know sometimes when it comes to neuroticism uh, you have to wave a red flag because some people talking again about temperament and traits some people are much more prone to neuroticism and this means that you know It could show up as a personality disorder. It could show up as being narcissistic or antisocial or, you know, these types of things. When we're talking about somebody who's very neurotic, and I like the way they said it in the video too, it's like they can always find the negative, right? Like, it's not like they're going through a period of depression that was triggered by something right it's it's an ongoing way of being for them and i and i know there's people like this because i work with them right i work with them mm. speaking of mental health and and like how it affects
0: relationships this is my guideline and i, I want to know what you think about this so the guideline that i say is if your mismanagement of your behaviors has a detrimental effect on my mental health and emotional well-being i have to go mhm You agree with that?
1: Yes, because you know, it is not our jobs to be like be someone's therapist that we're in a relationship with, or be someone's coach that we're in a romantic relationship with, or carry all of that weight, right? Like, and I hear this thing all the time: people say, you know, relationships are 50-50 you know, or Oh, it's like, relationships are
0: hard, relationships are work, fighting is normal, fighting is healthy. And, you know, if I'm depressed, and, and, and bipolar, I deserve love, too. Yeah,
1: well, you know what, I say relationships are 100%, 100%. So let's, let's work on showing up the best that we can to be in that relationship, right? So that's how I'm showing up to all my relationships. That's how I want to show up to all my relationships, right? I want to show up 100%. Right? So if, I'm showing up a hundred percent and this other person's consistently showing up at 20 it's not my job to bring them up to a hundred it's just not right so I'd rather I'd rather meet somebody who's at a hundred percent too right feeling good Right.
0: Yeah. leave the wounded bird on the sidewalk
1: yeah because really neuroticism like emotional instability right Really, what it is, it reflects the degree to which a person experiences the world as threatening and beyond his or her control. Mm. That's what it that's the definition of it, right? So, people with a higher degree of neuroticism tend to be characterized by, you know, uh, anxiety, hostility, anger, psychological distress, self-consciousness, impulsiveness, vulnerability, like all of these things, right? And also they don't get as much pleasure from sex as people who are less erotic, right? Like, so that's going to show up in every single part of your relationship. If you have somebody who like, think about that again, experiences the world as a threat and beyond his or her control. Yeah. Right. So, uh, I mean, I work with those people and I help those people, but that's not, that doesn't sound like the rock that I need (laughs) in my life. Right. Because when I'm thinking about a long-term relationship, I'm thinking about stability. Like I'm a strong person, right? I'm trying to show up hundred percent. And when I do show up at 90 or 80, I need my hundred percent on the other side. I yeah. don't need somebody who's going to bring me down. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Agree, agree. agree. One of the things that they, uh, they pointed out is high adventure people are fun, but they don't make good partners.
1: mm. Yeah, I mean, so, uh, you know, I was thinking about this today. And then I I said, okay, Melissa, reel it in, because they were talking about this in the context of long-term relationships. relationships. You, you know that I, um I think of, I have clients who are in polyamorous relationships. You know, I have people who are in open relationships where they really love someone. And, you know, I was thinking, well, maybe... Those are the people that are really high in that adventureness that we're talking about, right? Like these people who have these more kind of open type relationships. I like people who are high in like that extroversion and all of that, right? But you know how I said, okay, we were ta- kind of taking like what was it, extroversion and openness and kind of putting it into this adventure. I'm having a hard time saying adventureness. Yeah. Right. And, so, there, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, there is a positive link, right, between being an extrovert and having uh, extramarital affairs.
0: Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, good point. Okay. Here's a quote from this. And people will say this too. Like, people will say this when they argue for kissing to find out who someone is and then dealing with the consequences of that being a mistake. They say heartbreak is a part of love. Does it need to be that way? Or can we be taught to avoid the pain by using observation before selection?
1: So here's what I would say always about opposite so I'm always about shadow integration and all of these things so what makes love so amazing is that when we have it that we don't want to lose it right so like love is almost like not love without the possibility of heartbreak right? you can't almost separate them right
0: oh but why 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 does it have like uh, let me me, let's kind of okay listen let's go back 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 outside this culture let's go into way back into when we lived off the land when we lived in tribes Mm -hmm. i would say heartbreak is
1: a part of love if
0: if if you lose somebody that you love through
1: death say death yeah like that's what i mean so that's like and that's what i'm saying right like love Love is so amazing because it's like, if you don't have the person and yeah, that's why I was going to say, death is the ultimate heartbreak, right? I mean, could we like go through our lives, like never hurting anyone else? Probably not. No. And I mean, like all of the heartbreaks that I've had along the way, you know, they have made me the person I am. And they taught me like a lot about myself. Right. Because I always feel like even a little bit of heartbreak if I'm the one who's like, I'm going to end this. Yes. Oh, I know. You know, and I'm even thinking, like, you know, I know we're talking about, like, romantic relationships, but long-term stable relationships, even friendships. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think we talk about this enough, actually. There's, like, a heartbreak involved in those, too. Like, if you've ever had to cut someone off who's been in your life for a long time who's a friend, yeah. right? like, that can be extremely painful, too. So I always feel... I always feel some level of heartbreak when a relationship ends, um, even if it's me, the one who is doing it. Right. They actually say it's harder, harder to end the relationship often than yeah. it is to be broken up with. Right. So I mean, but does that mean we should just be like throwing ourselves into these situations, expecting that our heart is going to be broken? No. Yeah. right like if we can make it better and make it easier right so just to like accept that that's the way it is and just to give of self just going well you know uh, I'll probably get hurt anyways right like that's actually more like surrendering to some kind of core belief that like you know all people will hurt me yeah right, right? or like I will be alone in the end right so like yeah I think you should. You should take all the steps necessary to ensure that your relationship is developing in a safe, stable way. But one thing I always say to people, too, um, an interesting thing about relationships, when you are creating a secure bond, is the first stage of that is always doubt. Right. That is part of creating a secure bond. Because doubt means that now you're like, could this person do this for me? So that means you're starting to think about it, mm-hmm. right? And then you're going to start to talk about it, right? So you have doubt. So then you have to build trust around that. You have to secure that. And then you can start to move forward, right? Yeah. You know, this, our
0: um, our kiss to see where it goes dating culture is mm-hmm. literally giving away the benefit
1: of the doubt. Exactly. It's, because given- it's like uncomfortable with it, right? So, oh, I, I'm, I'm doubtful. So what will I do? Um, I'll have sex with him.
0: Yeah. And, and here's the thing, like, and this is what really messes us up. Like, I'm, There's all these little puzzle pieces coming together, I feel, right now, right? Where we have this dating culture where we're told to give. As women, by the way, this is enforced on men. I've had men come and say, oh, you know, like, and, and I've had men say, I didn't kiss her fast enough and she was mad about that. And I'll tell you, I did that too because I was insecure and I was trying to secure him with my vagina and my sexuality because I know that would secure me. And so I was trying to toss the same you know, methodology out to him to see if that would hook him in. So we're kissing to see where it goes. We're giving the benefit of the doubt because we are in a culture that normalizes pain. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and you know, I mean, again, like this idea of like, there is so much more to relationships than just physical contact, like intellectual stimulation, like, come on, bring it to me, right? Like, there are so much that can happen through conversation, through looks, through ways of being, uh, through catching someone's eye, like across the room and knowing you're looking at each other, the little text messages you can send each other building up for all of this like there's so much magic in this space right that can be created and it's almost like we're dumbing it down to just this physical thing
0: uh, it's not almost like like it is 100 mm-hmm. our dating culture has dubbed it dumbed it down to physical do the physical and then figure out the rest
1: yeah. And I mean, honestly, like, I know there's this thing that people keep saying to you, like, well, what if it get to, th- you get to three months and it's not good. And it's like, okay, well then you need to like go work on something here because if you're going, if you have this person and you have this you're, and you're doing this thing, it's going to be, it's going to be good. Right. It, it might not be like, you know, uh, a movie or something like that, or there could be nerves or something like that. But I think you can get a pretty good idea of what kind of kisser someone is or maybe what they're going to be like in bed in a lot of ways in a lot of ways you can dance with them you can see how they talk you can see how they flirt you can see how they move like even like how you when you brush up against each other what do you feel there's so there's so many ways to figure these things out without actually doing them you can feel the chemistry right percent
0: mm-hmm. if if there's a mental and emotional connection it just it 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 creates an electricity and excitement and electricity and no kissing. Is not no affection? It's just creating a space where affection is genuinely shown. Like the more I get to know you, the more I like you, the more I like you, the more warm and fuzzy I feel about you. That's affection. I start to feel affectionate. The more affection I feel, the more affection I show. And so that's when you start, you know, like I say, come up behind them when you're standing in line and put your arms around them and, and put your head against their back. Or when you hug them, you hold him extra long and you tuck your head into their chin. I slow danced in my kitchen when he used to know kissing for three months day well, and he never made it to a kiss by the way. My husband won me back before we got to a kiss and now he's married with two kids by the way. Right so like it's it's fascinating how you yeah. can build, a build, a build and that methodology has completely disappeared in the last few decades to the point where I bring it up and it's an uproar which by the way I see this I see the change on TikTok I had somebody from Business Insider reach out to me and say hey want to write an article about the three-month probation rule and I'm like girl I brought it to TikTok in 2019 happy to see you here let's talk about this So it's exciting to see a shift, like it's starting, because here's, have you noticed there's a movement with women because we're not held back when it comes to jobs. We're not held back when it comes to education and we are making our money and we are making our lives. And we don't rely on men to have a credit card, to to live in a house, we can buy our own homes. Like so much has changed in the last hundred years. And we're saying, look, like, I see this. I see this so much. I'm happier being alone, living alone than being with somebody where I'm having a parent child dynamic with, because they just don't pull their weight mentally and emotionally and physically.
1: I mean, like, pursue me, come get me, work for it, right? Like, and show show me. me. Not just work for it, because listen, they'll work for it. Don't just talk about it. Yeah,
0: show me. Don't just take me out to dinner. Show mm. me you're hardworking. Show me mm. you're conscientious. Show yeah. me you're consistent in your behaviors. Show me yeah. you're responsible as fuck because I need that to build a life with and show me you're in control of your thoughts, emotions, and behaviors.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I decide I like watching people. I like watching people, you know, do things that they're really passionate about. I like seeing people like in a flow state I like watching people, how they interact with others uh, on relational and interpersonal levels. Um, And those are all things that like I keep an eye on and I enjoy watching uh, all of the people I'm in relationships do those things, do the things they're good at, be around the people where they light up. Right. So Mm -hmm. there's like so many ways that people can show you who they are. Right. It's so beautiful when you're looking for those ways right and again you know we've dumbed it down we've just taken like this all away and just turned it into like this sex thing right and I think people misunderstand your rule because I think that like some men are like almost they take it like a punishment
0: guys men guys do because they are they are they are yeah. they're being punished for being selfish short-term thinkers and they got away with it because and i'm i'm calling this the biggest scam in dating is getting a kiss on a woman's list before she knows who he is inciting the chemical that's an amphetamine aphrodisiac and antidepressant so she gets emotions attributed to him that he hasn't deserved yet and so yes. they're being punished now for being selfish short-term thinkers instead of being rewarded for being selfish short-term thinkers
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, uh, I feel like the sad thing about it too, is that, you know, a lot of women are like, I would like to do that, but I feel like I can't. Right. So really what we're talking about here is a boundary. Right. And this is like, can I set a boundary or not? Right. And I, I help people set boundaries and, you know, the first thing that comes up for them Is fear around how the other person is going to react? Yeah. Yeah. So, if you are going to, so how do we set a boundary? We set a boundary like this we feel something doesn't feel right to us in a relationship. So, we sit with it, we bring awareness to it, we let the little trigger be the teacher, and then we figure out what it is that we needed that we're not getting. Mm -hmm. And then we express that through a boundary. And if the other person is offended by that, or takes it personally, then you need to reevaluate that relationship. Right? That says a lot about the state of your relationship. Right? So you should be setting boundaries at the beginning of a relationship. Everybody should. Mm -hmm. You don't know the person yet.
0: Exactly. The fear that I see is the fear of not being selected. Oh, if I do that, they're gonna walk away, all of them collectively, every single one. And I say, are you saying you don't think you're interesting enough to be around without bartering your body?
1: Yeah. And I mean, I I've haven't you had relationships with people or like where you're just like being around them? Like, yeah, it could be a sexual relationship, right? But just like being around them. Is enough like it's fulfilling right so i think we have to look at like all of the pressure that we're putting on that one part of the relationship the sexual part right like that's a lot of pressure i think it
0: feels like the easiest part to be honest and that's why it's the low-lying fruit it's so easy to 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 connect that way because listen guys will sleep with anybody right? Like, how, how, how can I have sex tonight? I say I want to. Like, that's it. I can find someone in an hour, right? Yeah. And so it's easy to get someone to sleep with you. And so it's easy to get that acceptance in that way. But it's, it takes a lot more courage and confidence to be accepted for your character, your personality, your integrity, the way you think, how you feel, who you are.
1: Yeah. So sometimes I say guys can, guys have sex because they can. Um, women should have sex when they want (laughs) right when they want and that's the difference right and unfortunately we both know this Uh, there there's been so much conditioning in our society uh, for so long but it is changing like I will say it is changing right but like um you know, we, women were very sexualized and, and made to believe that the only thing that they had to offer was their bodies, right? You know, it's 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 indoctrinated into a lot of us, right? So, and I love the part that you said there when you said, you know, I was guilty of that. Like, I if, if I wasn't getting that physical contact, like it made me feel kind of like insecure, yeah, right? And as you were saying that, I thought, yeah, but like, you know, so then you get it, but it's a false sense of security you get. 100 percent that's the heartbreak yeah because you're doing something to make you feel secure but it's not real security and that's the heartbreak so if you're asking like is that avoidable yes yeah right Um, like let's set proper boundaries and do things that actually make us truly more secure safe and stable (laughs)
0: let's let's work on our confidence because as women that's what's holding us down the most. The ones who say, "I can't do no kissing for three months," you nobody's gonna hang around. Those yes. ones absolutely need to work on their confidence because there's more to you than access to your body.
1: Hey, listen, I've been married for like seventeen years, and I still got guys hanging around. <laughs> They're waiting. <laughs> so, like, yeah, yeah you know, you can totally do that and you should do that. Right. And you should have always have options. I mean, I tell people all the time, right? Like even when you have a job you really like, you should still be putting your resume out and going for interviews just to stay ready. Right. Like, you know, so I think that you should always have lots of options. And that's what I like about the no kissing for three months dating rule is that you don't limit your options during that time period either, which is really, really important. Right. And I, I think what's, yeah, like, I don't, I, I've never done the online dating thing. Yeah. I never have had a relationship with anyone that I've met online. <laughs> Any relationship that I've had has always come like out of um, an organic social situation that I've been in. Um, and uh, someone that I've been around for an extended period of time. right so any serious relationship I've had has always been someone who I've known for a while socially and I consider them a friend right and and that really changes the dynamic of your relationship when you know someone before you really get into it 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 does
0: because you know the foundation has been created that sustains a relationship that holds it up which is friendship respect respect Share goals and timelines because you've communicated what it is that you want and, and you're finding alignment in there. So shared goals and timelines, appreciation of each other's efforts. I have people who say, um, you know, uh, well, he's, she, I'm I'm going to think she's not interested if she's not touching me, if she's not kissing me. And I say, look, if you don't appreciate the fact that I put time aside to come and spend with you, I put pants on, motherfucker. I yeah. put pants on. I, I showed my- up, okay. I showed up. up. I I put all this time. I put hours of my schedule aside for you, and it means nothing. There's no appreciation of my efforts. I got to dismiss you because if you don't appreciate this much effort, you're not going to appreciate this much. Uh, so, friendship, respect, share goals and timelines, appreciation of each other's efforts, ability to communicate, solve things together, and make each other laugh. Mm-hmm. Because you
1: know, if the only thing that you have, a holding like you think that's keeping you secure or keeping them with you is sex in your body. Guess what? There's, it's not going to work because there's a lot of sex and a lot of bodies out there.
0: Right. So
1: You'll
0: cheat when your body isn't available.
1: Yeah. And I mean, like when we're talking about real, real solid relationships, I, that friendship piece to me is so important. Like you really should be friends with that person too right and I I love an R group of friends (laughs) right like I love how the couples you know like they're not they're secure they're securely attached right and we're all friends and they're friends with each other and we can all like kind of you know we're, we're right so it's like you can see the secure attachment in like all of the relationships around us in our friends group and you can see that they are friends And it's so much more fun that way, right? Like, it's so much more fun than just having this guy come along who wants you for your body and for the good blowjob you give him or whatever. And he gets really angry when, you know, you dance a certain way or talk to a guy or whatever, right? Like, let's bring friendship back to long-term relationships. It's better for everyone, including the other people you're around. Right, I you know I so I'm
0: looking at what's happening right now with the no kissing for three months dating rule I'm seeing how it's taking traction now you see it on TikTok lots of people talking about this uh ever more ever more and mm-hmm. I, I you know, I'm saying let's look at that divorce rate in twenty years let's see what happens in twenty years how it's like if if as this becomes a groundswell will that divorce rate fall it's going to so be pretty-
1: yeah yeah and um this is why we need to get research dollars so we can do our own study
0: (laughs) ah I like that idea you can do that listen I will I will you're you're in charge of that part because you got the you got the letters after your name so they're more likely to take you know your lead on that but bring me in on the project and we'll work on this together
1: yeah and you know I was thinking the other day too um Have you ever talked to any of your clients about the speaker-listener technique in relationships? So, yeah, so I'll do stuff with couples sometimes, right? And I'll say, well, practice the speaker-listener technique right now in the office. And then I want you guys to do it when you're at home, when something comes up that's a little bit conflictual, right? Instead of fighting. And basically what it is, is like you can have a talking stick if you want, right? And it's like, we have the speaker and they get, they're concise. They say what they need to say in about 15 seconds. And then the listener repeats back to them what they think they're saying or what they heard. Yeah. And it's so amazing when you do this with people, they're not even on the same page. Yeah. So a lot of these arguments that we're talking about, it's trigger 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 trigger. and you're not even fighting about the same thing right like it's like what is the story I'm telling myself right now so I come home and the garbage isn't taken out and this and that you know and I'm like you didn't take the garbage out you know like you don't care about me this 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 and this right and it's like let's slow that down right like what are you really saying so let's like really slow down speaker listener speaker listener and, like, what comes out of it is, like, something more like, you know, I'm really tired, and when I come home from work, and I thought it was going to be this way, it makes me feel really let down. So, like, you can really, like, go places when you're really listening, and then listening to understand what they're saying, right? Because it's, like, both people are speaking English, and I'm sitting there, and I'm, like, tr- helping them translate, Yeah. right? And when... You, people who are in relationships who they're not friends with the person where the relationship has become almost like transactional, Mm -hmm. right? There's so much miscommunication going on. Yes. Much miscommunication. Right. And then when your only go-to is the sex when you're in a bad place and you're not communicating well, that is not going to work for you. (laughs) It's not going to save you in those moments either. Right. Like maybe at the beginning, like, you know, that, that, you know, the sex, it's all spicy and we're all like riled up, but like down the line, if we're really like invested in this relationship, you know, and we're expressing our needs and doing this dance with each other and things aren't going well, the sex isn't going to save you now. Yeah. It's not, you know, Agree, agree. And I,
0: I mean, I got to say selfish short-term thinkers, they don't care that you're distressed because every fight is going to bring them to some makeup sex. So they got the kiss on your lips so that they could get the sex from your body. And then you find out that they're wrong for you, but you're in love and you're trying to change them. They don't care to change. They like who they are, but they're still getting the sex from you. So it's time for us to unsubscribe from kissing to find out who they are and fighting is normal, fighting is healthy or arguing is normal, arguing is healthy we need to unsubscribe to all of that.
1: Yeah. And I mean, all of these things that you're saying, these are like the kind of things that like people just accept as truths, right? Because they know. And I'm like, okay, well, right there. And when we're talking about potential, right? People who accept these things as truths, that's, I want potential around this. Because if you accept that as true, that shows me that you have no potential to learn, right? And that's what I was saying. Like, I, I am a type of person where I am excited when I don't know something. Uh, uh, uncertainty makes me curious, right? So I don't know everything. And that's exciting because I have a lot to learn. All those things that you just said, those are people who think they already know everything. And those are the people who have no potential. That's what that is.
0: <laughs> I want to end on this. And and I want, I love that you said a lot to learn because I think people have a lot to learn from you. And I want Tell them. <laughs> I want us to tell them where they can find you. So yes. where are you? Where are you in the in the in the world wide web where people can come and connect
1: with you? Yeah. So I do run my own practice. So it is called Soul Warriors. Yeah. So it is SoulWarriors.ca. So you can like go and check that out. And then uh, you can also find me on Instagram as well. Yeah. On Instagram it is t o underscore mel and then three underscores to mel so soul warriors.ca that's my website web page and you can book a free consultation there with me uh, all the services are on there it's motivational videos and stuff like that so it's a fun place to stop and if you have time on the internet if you're surfing the world wide web
0: <laughs> you are amazing i love you
1: i love you too i love you too and i want to see you soon yeah i sent you a bunch of for us to do fun things in the summer <laughs> oh, like absolutely. dancing
0: <laughs> absolutely well we got um what are we doing we have uh all day i dream
1: we do have all day i dream yes we do we do yeah
0: maybe some more in between i know that because you and i we got our dancing shoes on all the time we got
1: to go back to cabana yeah summer 2023 yeah i love love you tonight
0: people go find her she really truly is incredible
1: thank you you're incredible too thank you melissa all right thank you so much for having me on i'll talk to you soon bye my love bye